welcome to Created for Connection, a podcast that explores the way we become isolated from one another, but how God moves us toward connection with Him and with each other. In today's episode, we interview Jessica Thompson, a ministry facilitator at Duncan Pentecostal Church on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. In this follow-up story from a previous episode, Jessica tells us the story of how the discipleship she experienced in one church is now bearing fruit today. We'll also explore her story of connection and disconnection with church and how God has given her a heart for building community wherever she is. For anyone who's felt disconnected from church, especially during COVID, this one is for you. Welcome back to Creative for Connection. I'm your host, Paul McMullen, and I'm here with our other host, Kevin Shelby. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm doing pretty well. It's good to see you. It's been it, a couple of weeks. It has been a couple of weeks. We um we had a little snafu with some recording that we did, and so um the list. We probably should let the listeners know that we edited an episode and the audio was completely gone so you know oh no yeah so being a newbie i, mean, I knew people, that well you yeah you're acting like you didn't know it but you knew what happened that's terrible <laughs> how did that happen who did that <laughs> who's in charge of these things <laughs> anyway i want to speak to your manager <laughs> so what have you been up to kevin well you know, a couple of weeks ago, you you asked me what I've been up to, and I said I would have been picking up people's trash. Mm-hmm. Well, this last Saturday, a guy brought over a trailer to my house because I was looking at buying a compressor from him that he had listed on Facebook. And inside this trailer was no less than $10,000 worth of tools. Wow. That um, I bought them all. For a very, very good price. I, I don't I don't want to talk numbers on here, but nine thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars. <laughs> no, I I I mean I bought this whole 21 foot trailer full of tools, all of it. It completely filled my garage. My wife was like, You are insane. And did you consult with her? about this basically i said melissa this is the deal of our lifetime <laughs> i'm going to do it and she knew that this was like like a one free pass kind of thing right so so i bought these tools and i doubled my investment already yes and I got to keep a compressor, a table saw, a like five power tools, a toolbox, drawer set. Like I'm telling you, man, this is like a, it was like a dream situation. So I made double what I put into it. Wow. And I got to keep all these tools. So you know what that means, right? The Lord has blessed me. That and we are now ready for our first ever created for connection cruise <laughs> a fan cruise based on the money you made from that that sale no no i made like nine hundred dollars off of it i didn't make ten thousand that's enough for you and i to go on a cruise so. hey i didn't mean to <laughs> forget our wives we're going on a cruise we need to have a consultation meeting <laughs> you know where we need to go australia Oh, yes. Definitely. We got to go see our 14 listeners in Australia. Oh, we would love to see them. All right. Well, yes. And the spiritual connection is that sometimes the Lord doubles, gives us a double portion of our blessings. Amen. Right? Amen. Right? There we no go. Sarcasm. Amen. Right. Yep. I just have to say that um, our guest has been waiting patiently as we banter back and forth. <laughs> And I can't wait to introduce uh, my friend and uh, my my friend from Canada, Jessica Thompson. Thank you for waiting. How are you today? I'm great, you guys. I actually really appreciate your trash talk because uh, <laughs> I am having a garage sale this weekend, and 
Kevin, you and I are like kindred spirits thinking like, can I make a sale off of this? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I like I I would come to your garage sale if I lived le- less than 500 miles from you, you know. It's going to be a good one. They always are. If I we bet. could only post this episode beforehand <laughs> and then drive traffic to your garage sale, that would make this all really worthwhile. No, I put up my signs last night, big neon pink signs. Going to get guaranteed and I live on quite a busy thoroughfare, so. Do you think that our listeners would be the same demographic of people that are going to garage sales in Canada? Well, isn't your podcast for like ministry leaders? Yes. <laughs> do ministry leaders go to garage sales? I'm sure some do. I mean, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe you could write listen to created for connection on your on your garage sale signs. We could get a few more. Listeners. I will do it just for you guys. I yes. will take a picture. Okay. Done. Put it on Instagram, hey. Facebook, you know, all of it. So <laughs> this podcast is for everyone. And that includes those that go to your garage are you, sale, Jessica. Are you sponsoring my garage sales? Is this what's happening here? We are. We are. <laughs> I'm taking all of the proceeds from my sale and I'm I'm investing in your garage sale. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome. Jessica, tell everybody listening, kind of where are you and your husband, Ryan, and your family? Where where are you at in the world? Um, What do you do for a living? Sure. Uh, So my name is Jessica. My husband is Ryan. We actually just had our 15-year wedding anniversary. Uh, So we're pretty excited about that. And we have two kids, um, a girl and a boy, eight and four. And uh, I am the ministry facilitator at Duncan Pentecostal Church here on Vancouver Island. The island. See, and and for a lot of people in the States, they get confused because they think that Vancouver Island is Vancouver and you've lived in both places, but it's not, right? Yes, I'm just trying to mess with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Vancouver Island is um, off of Vancouver, but it is very large. Right, right. And um, people probably may be more familiar. Victoria is south of you. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The capital. The capital. And um, we never go there because it's too far away. (laughs) But beautiful place to visit. So tourism, Victoria, I'm doing you a service. (laughs) (laughs) The, The joke when we were in Vancouver was that Victoria was the place where old people went to visit their parents. <laughs> now it's the place where Vancouverites go to retire after they've sold their million dollar homes. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you're with us today and I, we wanna kind of hear your story and, um, and how it's connected to this theme about Creative for Connection. And so um, we've known each other now for about 10 years or so or uh, 10 or 11 and uh, met in in Vancouver, but that's kind of a little bit later on your story. So let's save that for a moment. Did you grow up going to church? What was your your childhood like as far as uh, connection to God, church, that kind of thing? Yeah, I uh, grew up in a Christian home and, um, you know, my parents were um, quite involved in in the church and, uh, you know, my mom teaching Bible study and, uh, my dad just, you know, I was thinking about these, that time in my life and, and um, my dad wasn't huge on going to church because uh, he had pretty bad allergies. So he has actually trouble going to, you know, all the lovely ladies with their perfume. So, but godly parents and, um, you know, relatively involved in things. And uh, I just, I do remember, I do have um, memories of them mentoring other couples and, um, yeah, we went to youth group and Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. And so, but a very, um, we went to evangelical free church and quite conservative and went from, you know, went from the tiny building, worked up to getting a big, huge, brand new building. And uh, that was, that was my childhood. We were there, we were there pretty much the entire time. No, I met you as a young adult. And so what was it, skip ahead a little bit for us to when you 
and Ryan married? And then what was what was kind of your church experience life or your however you want to describe it, whether it's church experience or just a more broad like spiritual experience um, as kind of a young adult um, before we met? Yeah, sure. Um, it's funny, actually, when I had listened to Paul's interview, your doubts actually really resonated with me. I grew up in the church, but didn't really understand that relationship. And and actually, speaking with my mom about it now, she she actually told me she taught us how to be Christians, but not how to have a relationship with God. And so uh, there was lots of um, wondering, like, why we had to do things, um, questions not being answered necessarily, not just by my parents, just just by um, the community in general. I just wasn't getting the answers I was seeking. Um, and then, you know, so we're, I'm enjoying being with church, but at that point in time, actually, I didn't have a lot of Christian friends. I, we went to, uh, Ryan and I went to public school, and so most of my friends were not Christians. And uh, when we went to college and got married, uh, church just kind of wasn't in the picture anymore. And then when Ryan um, moved, we moved to Vancouver so that Ryan could go to school. And it, Vancouver, as you know, Paul, is just like, it's just a big playground. Like there's just, you've got busy downtowns and shopping and the beach and restaurants and all this sorts of, and coming from, I'm a prairie girl, coming from a small town to this was just like blew my mind. I honestly didn't know how to be in community in that situation. Uh, and things kind of started to fall apart. I remember my mom suggesting that maybe we should find a church or something like that. And uh, we looked around. I went by myself. Ryan wasn't really interested. And there was, there just, I couldn't find anything that really clicked and honestly didn't know what I was looking for. And then slowly over, so uh, we got married when I was uh, 20 and Ryan just, had just turned 21 and we moved to Vancouver right away. And so from that period of time for five years was just kind of this like wandering period. It sounds overwhelming. And I know just uh, statistically, a lot of young people, a lot of, even if you've grown up in a, a Christian home or going to church, that kind of thing, um, college age, and then early adulthood, the, the numbers are so few people kind of return mm -hmm. into church, at least in that stage of life. And there's a, there's a, a seeking and a, a having to find for yourself, but it's also confusing. And then like you're describing, you, you are now in this culture of a city that is, it's spiritual in the sense of there's a lot of talk about spirituality, but there's not like organized forms of, of religion are much more on the, the negative end of that. And, um, and so it, there's not like any pressure at all for you to engage in some form of Christian community. And especially if you're having to do that by yourself, that sounds really hard. Yeah. And I think too, like you just get in this, especially when you've grown up in one church your whole life and you're out seeking you're kind of looking for the same thing and when we moved to Vancouver we moved right downtown and so I'm going to these downtown churches which do not look at all like the church that I had been to and yeah I, I honestly just felt lost um, we started to make friends but uh, not Christian friends at all uh, there all the relationships came from our jobs or from school for Ryan. And I think I just didn't, I didn't know it was missing, honestly. Uh, my relationship with God had kind of fallen by the wayside. I think I was still, I think I was still like once in a while, maybe lifting up a prayer here and there, but like it was not a daily routine. Um, and as I mentioned too, just that relationship, there was just nothing. Um, and at this time too, Ryan and I's marriage started to kind of hit, you know, the rocks a little bit, and then it just kind of got worse. And that's, that's when I started really, I felt the Holy Spirit nudging us 
I, and I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit at that time, but nudging us to, to paths that were clearer, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting that you, you're starting to get into this, not, not, I don't hear you saying it was a crisis mode, but it was like your, your young life is, is starting to fall apart in different ways. And it's then that you feel this nudge from the Holy Spirit. And did Ryan was also was Ryan also feeling that at the time? Was he was he did he notice things are not going that well, or or was it you that was more aware of the of those things at that point? I uh, actually was going to see counseling because it was so bad. Okay, it, we were um, we were, like Ryan and I's marriage was getting pretty rough, and we had been married that that point by probably like three or four years. And I did ask my mom to help me find a Christian counselor. Um, and I went on my own to counseling for, for quite a number of months. And that was actually probably one of the biggest steps in, in healing and, and realizing um, just some of the challenges that I was facing alone that I couldn't put words to or put a name to. So, so that was a good first step. and. Um, then what happened after that is we moved out of downtown. And I think honestly, that was one of the um, biggest, clearest things that we could have done to, this sounds bad, but like downtown Vancouver is lovely, but there's lots of temptation there. Um, you know, just lots of ungodly, unworldly things going on in downtown Vancouver. And it's, it's such a fun place, but it's not necessarily a place to live. Um, and, and that's just my own preference. I know that there's lots of, lots of people who really enjoy, enjoy it down there. And I, and I sincerely hope they have good community there, but I, we weren't finding it there. Yeah. I remember we lived within sight of downtown. Um, but some of our neighbors in the, the condo building where we lived said, yeah, we moved out of downtown a couple of years ago, you know, to kind of relax in the suburbs. I was like, <laughs> We're not in the suburbs. We're still like in the heart of the city here, but it's just a different feel. It's a pace of life and a and a energy that it was sounds like it was distracting to the sort of life that that you guys the sort of things that you guys needed to um, for wholeness and healing in your in your relationship. Yeah, you're right about the pace. I think that was um, that was something that really contributed to it. And coming coming from such a small prairie town, and uh, just the 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 life of the corporate world I was living in, and uh, Ryan's you know trying to find different work and here and there and that sort of thing. Yeah, it, and you're right about distractions too. Just not knowing where to focus. And, and of course, at this point too, like God is just not in our lives at all. And, and now I know um, that it makes a huge difference when he is in your life for sure. So Jessica, you are mentioning going to counseling and of course my ears perk up because I'm a counselor, right? Just, I'm, I'm interested though, in, in the part where you're talking about how you were seeking counseling and a couple months ahead of I guess maybe Ryan joining you or, or starting to seek counseling himself. And I'm, I'm curious, was he feeling that same dissatisfaction with where things were at in life as you were, or did you kind of start to have the awareness and then share that with him? And that, that kind of opened his eyes. What was that part of the story like for you? Yeah, we, were just struggling in our marriage. And honestly, I think we just couldn't put words to things. And um, we, we had a couple of sessions together where it, it, I think just having that third person in the room um, could help us communicate what our needs and desires were. And that was just a huge step towards, and I'm so glad that we went to a Christian counselor, honestly, like we could have gone to a regular marriage counselor, but now seeing the trajectory of our life and, and where God is in our lives now, like that, instead of going to church, I saw Christ in another place. And um, yeah, having, having the tools and the communication and the words within, within the realm of a, of a safe spiritual space space um, was huge and instrumental for us to start healing. So when we met Jessica, it was at 
a church that was hosting Alpha Course. And for people that are unfamiliar with, with Alpha Courses, it's something that started at a church in London, I think, and has gone uh, all over the world. And it's an, it's basically an intro, introduction to Christianity course, but it, the way it's taught and framed, it's very welcoming for people that are that are seeking, that are trying to wrestle with with faith, and are are very uncertain. So it's kind of a it's it's a safe place to just explore, and that's where I ended up meeting you. So was that part of uh, was that part of the journey after your time of counseling? How did that fit into that period of life? Yeah, you know, I'm sure for you guys, like trying to remember that far back is a bit of a challenge, but. I, I don't remember how the events happened after we um, began to heal our marriage and we knew we moved, needed to move out to the, you know, quote unquote suburbs, which actually wasn't as far from downtown as it sounds. Um, I just remember thinking to myself and telling Ryan, like, we need to find something safe and, uh, you know, forgive me. I don't know anything about denominations. I you know, I've, I've been at two or three now, but I couldn't tell you what each one of them do or, or what have you. So for some reason, something in my mind, I'm sure it was the spirit was just like, go to Alpha. Like I, we, I had seen it at other churches. I had talked to my mom about it and I just kind of knew it was a safe place to go. Um, so we just took a chance and uh, ended up at your table. That's right. So at Alpha courses, there's, depending on the size of the group doing it, <clears throat> they have different tables where you you eat with the same group every week beforehand, and you talk about things, and then you watch a video together, which is the the teaching part of the class, and then you discuss it with each other afterwards. And so that's how we met, and it, our relationship just kind of hit off from there. And before we knew it, uh, you guys were uh, coming to our our home for house church, the church we're planning called the Vine, and just getting to know each other. So, what what did you find in that time when we were really sharing life together and seeing uh, you guys a couple times a week? What what was that like for you? Yeah, I actually had a funny story about I think probably honestly the first time that we had gone to your house. Uh, Amy was there and she had dreadlocks and we were meeting in your living room. And I remember going home and calling my mom and being like, mom, we met in a living room and had church. One of the leaders has dreadlocks. Is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> and no offense to Amy, cause I love her, but I was like, it was honestly, it was so different to, to anything I've ever experienced to to be calling it church this was this was a huge introduction to me to what house church was and it was so different from what i was used to but i'm so grateful that for those differences now um they've just they've opened my eyes honestly so other than the differences in hairstyles what <laughs> so what would I, i'm kind of jealous of amy honestly so for our listeners that have never seen me i'm bald so um what i wouldn't give to have some dreadlocks but other than the dreadlocks what were some of the differences that you noticed in in that group of people and what it felt like to be with them the size honestly is one thing that struck me it it didn't occur to me that you could have church that was like under 200 people that was just something that was a new concept for me you know, you think about Bible study, okay, you've got a, you've got a class of 20 to 30 um, people in a room, that makes sense. My brain had this stamp on it of what church should look like. And to, to consider um, something as an establishment, you know, having been named the vine, which a church plant at that, you know, at that time, that was such a new concept for me. And it was so authentic and real it, it, it took some adjusting to, to get used to the idea, but I was so attracted to um, just the, the genuine nature of everyone on the authenticity. And 
the the different people that were there that was something too like growing up in in the church I grew up in everybody's kind of the same you know you're all these suburban families um and the elders who had been there forever and you know you're not you're not getting you're not getting any new faces necessarily um so to be in this room with all these different people um Vancouver is such a melting pot it was just so unique and so different and such a breath of fresh air to um having having no exposure uh for the you know past five years to any kind of church and you know my mom gave me the go ahead yes it sounds okay so we went with it and and we're forever grateful for your mom for that um, i hope she listens and is is happy with her impact on your life at that point i want to move ahead where i think a lot of uh, our listeners may be able to to connect into certain parts of your story you guys i mean we were in in church together doing church and really just enjoying relationships with each other even even then those sometimes awkward moments and and challenging and of course i i was in like men's group with your husband and and we would ask all sorts of uh of vulnerable questions to each other that in in normal church i mean i've been in other churches where they're like you actually ask those questions and like, yeah we <laughs> we really didn't know what we were not supposed to do back then but we were asking we were asking very challenging questions of each other in these groups. He was having to go through that as well. So there, there was this time where that church came to an end. You guys had kind of moved on in, in, in some other ways too. And there was this, there was this hole in your life where there had been this rich community and what, what was happening there? What did that feel like for you guys? I just remember um, we were in this really special neighborhood. We all kind of lived in the same neighborhood, which was amazing. Um, being able to walk to each other and, uh, you know, having weekly dinners and that sort of thing, um, living life together. And I, you know, I remember doing even community activities, uh, you know, like clean up Vancouver, we'd walk around and clean up the streets and stuff. And it was just really, it was one of those things. It's not just church on Sunday. You know, you are, you are not, um, you're living life in church community, in Christian community the whole week, you know, like, oh, you want to go to the grocery store with me? Like it's friendship, you know, it's family, even though it's a chosen family, it's, uh, you know, you need somebody to watch your kid. That's, that's how it went. And I think there, there was a lot of shock when uh, the vine shut down and, you know, we understood why we understood that um, there was some things that that we didn't understand uh, financial things or um, church plant establishment type of activities that, you know, I have no recollection of being included in like, those are all sort of higher level things. And so we I think we just accepted the fact that um, this was just an end to a chapter. I think what made it equally more challenging was that you guys had to go home um, and you had to move back to the States. And so we had, I remember having this lovely time, probably like six months of knowing that you guys were leaving and just spending a lot of time with you guys, helping you move, um, that kind of thing, and trying to be as helpful as we could. Because because I'm going to be honest with you, there was some guilt uh, on my part of wondering if if we had not done enough um, to help keep you guys afloat. And I, th- and I think those moments were the moments where I started to realize maybe how a community, um, member and its partic- participation matters to the health of the community. And that's when those, that's when all those pieces started to come together. It's, I, I was looking at back at it and realizing, oh, I was, I was that consumer culture when we were together. I was consuming all that you were serving and and giving back in some ways, but not to the extent that I would now. Um, yeah, just learning, learning about um, perhaps what could I have done more to keep you there? Feeling, feeling a bit of guilt about that. I'm thinking about a lot of churches that have shut their doors for much of the last year and a half and uh, a lot of the services that they offered have been cut off from people and the sense of people coming kind of coming to the realization uh, that uh, 
that there's only so much that can be done uh, during COVID, during with with limited resources, and there's uh, from from a leadership standpoint, a lot of leaders are having to actually be let go from certain church environments, and um, and, and so lots of tough decisions are being made. And I just wonder about that wrestling where I, I've been going to church for a while. And, and now I realize like, oh, I had a part to play in this. Like I, not, not in, the, in, in just saying, oh, in the negative, but it, I have a part to play in the community. My life, my participation matters. I, I am valuable. And if it's, if it's only uh, something where I'm, I'm like, well, it, you know, what's, what's, what, what am I going to be able to get out of it? Uh, that's not only does it stymie some of what I can gain as a disciple of Jesus in participation, but also, um, you know, the community needs, needs that. And so I hear you saying that was kind of going on, uh, in, in your experience there. And then also like the sense of loss, like we, we had this and now it's, it's gone and it's not just the the institution that was gone but also these relationships are gone yeah i think that was the hardest thing is um i think after you guys had actually taken off um i had our daughter by this time she was just a baby and i think there was a period of um some maternity leave for me so being home with ryan and uh just you know, there was a couple other friends that had babies at the same time. So there was a, there was a bit of community around us still, which was, was great. Honestly, thinking back on that now, I'm really grateful that, um, they, they, there was this mom's group that was, a, I was a part of, but, uh, I eventually did go back to work and went back to that community. I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily bad or good, but it just wasn't the Christian community that's going to be really fulfilling. Um, so I think, I think our lives just kind of continued and I think we went and tried, uh, going back to some of the churches that, that you had introduced us to, we tried hopping back and forth between those. And again, just really didn't click with anything necessarily, but at that same time, we were starting to see a transition in our own life where we wanted to move. Um, and be closer to family. We didn't have any family in Vancouver. Moving to the island meant that we would have uh, grandma, and that's incredibly important <laughs> when you've got a little one to take care of. So the move was, it was kind of always on the, the dream to, to move to the island, so we just saw the opportunity to take it. You know, we didn't have anything really that we needed to tie down to in Vancouver. It just felt like a natural thing to do. You mentioned just now the the idea of in this transition time, you visit a few places and it just is not a great fit uh, in, in some of those places. And I wonder about a like there's 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 God's timing in it all and in, in the movement and uh, His providence that we don't always understand what's going on even internally. But there's also something of like sometimes people have gone to really to good churches that they've been part of good community. And they lose that and they go visit other places and it's just not the same. And it's like, I, I'm still, I'm still hungry for something else and I'm still looking. And it sounds like there was a little bit of that going on afterwards too um, with you guys. I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling uh, where like, I'm, I'm looking for something and it's not quite here. You know, I'm, I'm not quite feeling the same vibe uh, and, and it's hard. It's like no community is the same. No community is perfect. And, and that can make that search really difficult. Yeah, and I, th I think one of the things that was a deterrent, and um, I'm much more aware of this now in the role that I play, is uh, there, there was very established community in some of these churches that we were trying to attend and trying to break into these circles was incredibly challenging. And, you know, they're, they're welcoming, but they weren't really kind of taking us under their wing and really bringing us in and that and that's what we experienced with with you guys at the vine that there was just this this very closeness right away um just sort of enveloping us into your family and um i just remember feeling really disconnected even after trying to connect like that that just kind of 
it didn't resonate at all as I'm, I'm so confused. Um, so now in, in the church community that I'm in now, um, you know, we are always trying to, I, and I hopefully make those connections deeper with people as they walk in. It's really, and it's so fun for me to get to hear more of what God has been doing in your life lately. And we've, we've, we've gotten to catch up some before this, this episode, but um, it is significant. And I, and I think it also speaks to, it speaks to people that are leading that get so wrapped up. This is part of what the interview with Aaron was about. So wrapped up in the, in the, the big picture and then the, even in the administrative details and the finances and the support and the, is this going to make it or not? And, and, and you can lose sight of, wow, God is, is at work and God is doing things in, in this community. And these relationships are rich and beautiful. And I don't think, I don't, I'm saying that, that Aaron or I uh, didn't recognize that at the time, but I think there was this pressure that was kind of on our shoulders that we were trying to contend with. And, and particularly in the topics that we were talking about in, in those episodes, it can come across as like, man, we, we, we miss some things, but it's been so encouraging to get to, uh, to hear stories of, of seeds that were planted um, in, in you and Ryan in particular and how those have, have borne fruit. Of course, I know that, but we haven't gotten to share the rest of the story yet. Um, whenever uh, you guys move to the island, Talk about what you sense in terms of a drive to connect to new community. Sure. Yeah, we uh, moved to the island, uh, I think it was 2015, and we knew grandma was over here. We knew we could buy a house over here. Um, and we just, we saw a future for ourselves um, on the island. And thankfully, our work was able to come with us. So that was a bonus. And yeah, as so we moved to the island and and immediately got family community. You know, we had uh, Ryan's family lives here. And so we had grandma and papa and his extended family and just immediately felt better that there was some structure and some and some security. And but one of the first thoughts I remember just I said to Ryan, like, we need to find a church like now. I don't what the mistake that we made in Vancouver that um, I don't want to replicate is those five years of wandering. I want to like, let's go, this sounds bad, but like church shop now. <laughs> and, and who did I call? Called my mom. <laughs> she, uh, I, I made a list. She made me a list and uh, started at number one. <laughs> but, but this is a different kind of church shopping. This is not church shopping for entertainment, which, which, you know, place is going to have the best preacher and, you know, the, the best music, but now it sounds like your thinking has shifted towards we're going to church shop for the place that we can find the deepest community. And that, I mean, that's pretty amazing. You know, you talk about fruit that that is born out of what you guys did with the vine. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome to go from that kind of consumer mentality to now we're really looking for authentic relationships. Yeah, we, um, I think that there was almost like a to-do list. Like we were starting over fresh and we could, you know, we knew we needed to make new friends. We knew we needed, we knew we, at this time we needed God. Um, and so, but I, you're, you're right, actually, instead of church shopping, I really should say like community shopping. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I asked my mom, I was like, can you take a look at the churches that are um, in our area? And uh, the first one on the list, believe it or not, was Duncan Pentecostal. And I know sometimes the Pentecostal uh, name gets a little uh, flack, but uh, again, like I said, don't know much about denominations, but we we went and we loved it. I love that. I love A, that you don't know about denominations <laughs> and you're like, I know there's something about Pentecostal, but I'm, you know, it's no, no big deal for me. But um also your mom like so she's so impressive she's like uh, always got the the right thing for you at the time she could you she could open up a business like uh, churchfinder um dot ca or however she wants to do it <laughs> yeah i definitely uh, trust her opinion so <laughs> so when you guys ended up at duncan um 
what was what felt special about your connection there? Uh, well, funny enough, my mom, one of her first recommendations, because you know the pastor's picture is there with his wife. They look young, <laughs> so apparently I'm not allowed to go to uh, churches with elder pastors, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it was funny actually too because there was there's a there's quite a large church here in town, big, huge, brand new building and very established. And again, there was that um, looking at it and going, I'm not attracted to that for some reason, and. Uh, Duncan Pentecostal was meeting in a school gym and for some reason I was like that's the misfit I want to go to <laughs> and yeah it uh, it turned out to just be this really great adventure of of meeting this group of people who were sort of grassroots they they had grown out of their building so so a lot of a lot of people going at the time, like 150 plus, um, the building that we we run our ministries out of is is um, is a little church building. It's beautiful, but just couldn't hold that many people for one service. And so they were meeting at the um, school gym across the parking lot. And yeah, it just it felt good. It felt honestly, it felt like um, worshiping at the vine, you know. If you just want to rock and sway, you can. If you want to hold your hands up, you can. If you want to yell out, you can. Like it just, it was just a nice open community feel. And we were just welcomed instantly, which I love about our community now. And uh, just, just warm, you know, and it, I mean, to this day, I can go on and on. I love, I love our, our, our community now, but as, as newcomers and first timers, um, just instant connection, which was lovely. I know what you mean by that warmth and invitation. And I think other people do too. Like when you walk in to a community, a, a meeting space, whatever that is, it's a, somebody's house, somebody's some large building and, and some really large groups can pull this off too. It, but it's, it's like, is there a heart of welcome? Is there a heart of connecting and, and with a, with an eye towards that, those people that, are not connected right now and that are looking for it. And then how are you going to wrap people in and not just so that they can attend and sit down in a, in a seat somewhere and, and fill, fill up that empty seat, but be invited into relationship into where we, we are the church together and we do life together. And, and it doesn't mean like we're, you know, stop all your other relationships, you know, j jump out of everything you're doing besides this and only do our stuff. It's, but it, it is a sense of belonging. It's a sense of connecting and, and that you're going to be cared for. You're going to be loved. Uh, we're going to mutually encourage and teach one another. And I do, I think there's that, you, it's not always listed, you know, as, as something that, that a, a church has, it, it's not a program it's a spirit it's a it's a type of spirit that i think you're describing there at, at your church yeah i you know and i just as you were talking I, I just remembered um something though that i had done that i had never done before um was we we did feel good being there so good that i filled out one of those little cards you know like please contact me which i would have never done before and, um, you know, my pastor's very good at uh, connecting with newcomers. And I remember having a conversation with him. He called that week and we talked and um, we talked about where we had come from. And so I was telling him about this house church that we had come from. And, and it all started from there, honestly. But I guess that's the point I want to make there is I knew we needed to find community we found something I was interested in and I participated in acting on that. I did not expect them to chase me down. I knew that I had to be a participator now um, after learning uh, with the vine and with um, everything that we went through in Vancouver, I knew that I needed to start fresh and be somebody who participated and helped and contributed uh, versus versus just consume. So when you 
when you kind of look at your role now and you're investing in community and discipling other people, what, what are you doing as far as discipling them in this, this way of, of seeing things differently in church? Yeah, that's actually a really big question. Um, I've been there for uh, five, five or six years now, um, whether it was as a congregant or as a volunteer. And then from there I got hired and it has, it has grown from learning the community to being in the community, participating in the community to now leading in the community. And that has, has taken a long time, but uh, I've, I was telling Paul that many of the steps that I've taken to help our community grow has been cues that I've had from some of the things that we had done in our house church, some of those seeds being planted. And um, yeah, I really, the way I think about community now, like honestly, I gathering people, facilitating the, um, the, the places and the events and all that sort of stuff. Like I love it. And it, I don't, I don't remember having this love before this passion for gathering people together. And that's why I, I truly believe that there was a seed planted that has just grown over these years. And, you know, so I love community so much. I've often thought about getting a tattoo, <laughs> like <laughs> I heart community on my wrist or something like that. But yeah. Um, it has definitely been a learning journey for me um, and an application, you know, taking, taking the opportunity when it's presented itself, you know, they, I sent, I remember I sent an email about their, their kids ministry because it was a little bit lacking and, you know, I send those sorts of emails. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it was, it was kind of one of those things Well, you see a need, you feel a need. And I was like, okay, great. Like, I don't, you know, I'm, I've got kids right now. I'm not, I'm not really working. I would love to help you out. And, and just saying yes, saying yes to the needs of the community and, um, and, and encouraging others to say yes, you know, trying to garner participation is, is very challenging, but once you get momentum, it is like a snowball. And we have seen that in the last few years of just growth in certain ministries and, um, just the number of people who have joined our community and, and are participating. And honestly, during COVID, I think it was one of the things that momentum um, kind of kind of saved our, our little community. I mean, through God's grace, of course, but we did have a momentum of community um, prior to COVID that, that continued. And it was so, so life-giving through, through that whole time period. Jessica, how have you felt the Lord's sense of favor or his ap approval on what's happening now, what the, your role, what, what's happening at the church. Now. Yeah, I, um, I've seen myself grow spiritually for sure, uh, in the last few years and, uh, all of the, all the programs that we offer and that sort of thing, you know, I, I try to attend and, um, I, I just remember though, there's, there are things that I took in, like we have done like hearing God seminars, um, set free retreats, like those sorts of things. And those are so good for, for your personal spiritual growth. But uh, I implemented a lot of community events that are just so good for your social growth as well. Um, we did uh, mom's groups and um, young families dinners, which I honestly modeled after what we experienced at the vine. And uh, I'd love to share a story with you guys of just how I, how I did feel uh, God's like immediate presence in that moment. But uh, I, you know, I, I struggle a bit with the idea of Jesus. I'm, I much more connect with God. And um, I, I realize now that I'm very spirit led. I can definitely feel the spirit working in certain, certain situations and uh, leading me and guiding me. But that idea of Jesus just kind of escapes me a little bit. And so that's something that I'm working on, but I do remember we were having this young families dinner. So on Sundays we would um, uh, twice a month or once a month, we'd have this dinner where 
all the families would come to the church basement and the wives are all cooking the meal together. You know, we decided, oh, we're going to have a spaghetti night and we're all making spaghetti and that sort of thing. And I remember uh, just looking from the kitchen through the sort of pass-through big long table, like, you know, like at a wedding and, and there's, there's 20 or 30 people sit, sitting down this table length. And I'm looking at this, this vision of just, it, I have it again. I have community again. Like it was just such this great moment. My heart was so excited. It literally felt like it was burst out of my chest. And I also just had this feeling of Jesus just standing next to me, kind of putting his arm around me and, and just being like, you did it kid. Kind of like, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I felt again, how we felt at the vine, you know, that this, this larger community, you know, we're looking at a church that has, you know, 200 people now whittled down to, uh, you know, we're in, we're in a family event, but again, just the relationships are building. The kids are all playing together. We are doing life together. And it just blew my mind. It blew my mind that it could be translated to a different community. So thank you for sharing that story, Jessica. That makes yeah. my heart happy um, that Jesus is with you and that he's shaped your life in such a way that you find joy in those moments and he finds joy in you being in that, those moments and, and facilitating those moments. And I think, and that gives me joy because I know we got to experience that when, when we were together in church. And I guess what I really hope people hear is, is that there's something unique and special that happens when a community is centered around Jesus and is, is searching for him. And even when we, even when, when we struggle with that member of the Trinity, you know, like when, when the spirit is, is, is uh, pouring through a community and uniting people in those intangible ways and it's real and it's authentic. There's just something really unique there that we don't need to give up on. And uh, I, I guess as we wrap up, I, I, I'd like to hear from, from both Jessica and Kevin, what do you wanna say right now to people that are in that in-between place and uh, that maybe have uh, found it really difficult to, to connect back into community when, when once they, they felt it. Yeah, I guess just to, to wrap up, you know, what my thoughts on community is, is that God wants us to live richly together. Um, and I have now experienced that in two different places. And, and honestly, I, I would love to test the formula again. Uh, you know, if, if this is God's design, I'm sure it can work anywhere. Uh, so, yeah, and I think I just also want to let people know that participation is key. You know, you, you may not, you may not be in a place where you necessarily feel like being out in the open or serving or what have you, but honestly, even just showing up um, and um, just being involved in that capacity, just showing up, letting people know that you're there, uh, asking for help when you need it. Um, and I think too, also, even just from a perspective of a leader, you're allowed to ask for help too. I think sometimes that is missed is, is that, you know, we, we are constantly being, being asked for assistance. You're allowed to ask for help in that capacity as well. And um, yeah, I, I just love community. I love what it has done for my family and for our church. And uh, I'm just continually learning about how to participate in it myself and, and facilitate it for others. Yeah, you know, as Jessica, Jessica, as you were talking, I I started thinking about the um, just the story in Mark nine where where the boy's father um, is asking Jesus to heal the boy, and you know he's he it's the famous I do believe help me in my unbelief, and what you were describing just kind of as you re have wrestled at times with the concept of Jesus, and then having the experience of him being next to you and, you know, kind of saying, great job, look at what you've done. 
you made sure there was spaghetti and and you know meatballs or something um you know i think that 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 is the epitome of what community is all about that we can we can carry all of that stuff into our time together and we can find joy still despite the wrestling match that we're experiencing internally or that we are dealing with within our relationships you know things just don't get better in isolation they just never get better and i think your story is a a great example of what it looks like when you plug in it still may be tough it doesn't that doesn't mean that all the hard things go away but it does mean that you have people that can walk alongside you as you're struggling even as a ministry leader at times dealing with you know this wrestling match of the concept of jesus that it's the community that can carry you through that and um and i just thank you so much for you know articulating that really well through your story today that that things don't get better when we isolate things get better when we plug in and we connect and i hope that that really comes through for our listeners i, I think it will so well i really appreciate uh you guys letting me share my story and yeah just i think just everybody feel encouraged to plug in and um, get involved wherever you are. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, it's, it's so encouraging to hear your story and it's just, it's great to see you and uh, to reminisce about uh, times in the past. And uh, it, I, I still, I love how your mom has <laughs> guided you in so many ways uh, in, in your church uh, discretion and decisions. So um, I really do think there's we're on to a business here, churchfinder.com. Yeah. If it's well, already there, I, I think we should do that. It's like, you know, realtor.com or something. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is, but it, they don't have the wisdom that Jessica's mom has. It's just you can't get the same thing from uh, typing in a search search bar. Are you telling me that somebody's already come up with this idea and there's a thing out there where you can search? There's, I mean, there's another podcast called Creative for Connection. There's already three of everything, man. <laughs> There's a book called Creative for Connection. I'm sure it's great. I haven't read it, but um, we'll right, write another one. We're going to do churchfinder.net then. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jessica, before we go off the deep end, thank you so much. And yeah. we just so appreciate you being here with us today. Uh, to everyone that's that's listening, in, uh, we, we hope and pray that you are finding community and that you are you're not walking through life alone mm -hmm. and but if you do feel like you're in that place right now we encourage you uh, first we have a father that is searching for us that is looking for us that is calling out our name and is never giving up on us and 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 also there are people there there probably have been people that have hurt you in the past there have been people that have said uh, hurtful things. There are people that have traumatized you in the past, and and sometimes that's been at church, and, and that's a topic maybe for us to discuss at some point. But uh, there are people, and church can look different. It can look, uh, it can take many shapes and forms, as Jessica has shared. But the Lord can lead you to to people that you can do life with, however messy it might be. And uh, we're just convicted that that is better walking in that messy community together than walking through life alone. And we just really encourage you uh, to, to pursue that as Jessica has described pursuing it. And I, I just want to say what a testimony to the, the faith and the courage to uh, you guys, Paul and Julie and uh, Aaron and Amy to go and and listen to the Lord's call and go up to Vancouver. And um, I think, you know, it was important for us to tell Aaron's story in episode two, but also this is an example of, of what faithfulness and, um, and, and just being committed to walking with the Lord and fighting through struggle and, um, and trying to, express community in the way that that seems clear that scripture lays it out the fruit of that and who knows how many people 
are affected. But for Jessica to come back around and say, hey, I want to tell another part of that story um, is such a testimony to just just the story that God is writing. And um, and that's the thing is like. It's that's what community does for us is that it, it creates connections that that then lead us back around to say, hey, look, you thought this was happening, but this is this is the story that God was was writing. Um, and the beautiful picture that's painted here is is just really amazing. So uh, I wanted to make sure we said that before we ended today. But um, but Jessica, thank you for your time. Thank you for stepping out there and saying, hey, Paul, I want to I want to share my side of things because uh, I think our listeners are going to be really enriched by this. And I know I have been today, too. And if you're listening and, and you have a story that you're interested in sharing, um, you can contact us. You can find the new email address on our notes section of the podcast. And we'd love to hear your story and get in contact with you. And, and we want there to be more voices out there talking about what it's been like to, to feel disconnected and, and how God is, is writing this story in all of our lives. And so, again, we want you to know today that you are not alone. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and that you're encouraged by Jessica's story. Please check out our podcast notes for helpful resources, and you'll find an email address there where you can contact us about any topics that you'd be interested in us discussing, as well as if you have a story that you'd like to share. If Creative for Connection has been helpful for you, please drop a review on whichever streaming service you're using, and please share with your friends and anyone you think might appreciate these conversations. See you next time.